get your Bibles out and go to Matthew 6, chapter verse 25. Chapter 6, 25. Are you all ready for a good night? You know, I got to watch The Send, a little bit of it on YouTube the other day. Awesome. Boy, I'm impressed. That's awesome. But uh, I've been praying, and Lisa and I have been talking about the young people in this nation and in this church. And so I'm going to make a statement to you about this next generation and the generation that's on this earth right now. You know, I've always been a stickler for the word. I want you to have the word. And you know, there's a point that all we're giving you is information. Whereas what we really need to be doing is working on your transformation. You know, your information needs to be uh, inspiration and turn into transformation. Don't ask me to say that again because, but you know, let me talk to you about kids. Um, and I, and in our, we got some really great kids in this church. But, but, you know, by the time kids get adult, they don't need to be smoking out of the church and heading into the world because things appear better to them. And that happens too often. Not, it happens in churches way too much. And I'm going to tell you why it happens, if you all want to know. They've never learned to walk with God. I don't mean they didn't learn about God. They've just never been, they've never had to walk with God. Now, I'm, I'm going to read in just a second, but let me, let me share something with you. When I got born again, I had to have God. I mean, I had no alternative. I think sometimes we do, we do people an injustice by doing things for them. You know, in this generation, our, my generation said these words. Man, my kids are never going to go what I went through. Well, that's sad. Because you, I think we crippled them. They've never had to believe. I mean, they've had, they've had everything they've ever wanted just at the asking. And they've never had to pray and stand on the word or even walk with God. I mean, they just, they want food, it's in the refrigerator. I mean, there's just, everything's been so easy. They, they don't see the need for all the stuff, the ones of us that are older that went through stuff. We had, we had to get a hold of God or we wouldn't have made it. Are y'all okay with that? And I think one of the things we're lacking, and there's something we need to teach them. So in Matthew 6, 25, um, I'm going to start reading here. Jesus is on the Sermon on the Mount. And he says, I say to you, don't worry about your life, what you're going to eat or drink or your body, what you're going to put on. For is your life not more than food and your body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They're not sowing or they don't neither sow nor reap nor gather to barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Aren't you more valuable than they are? Which of you, by worrying, can add a cubit to your statue? So why are you worried about clothes? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. And I say to you that even Solomon, all of his glory, was not arrayed like one of these. Now, verse 30. If God clothes the grass of the field, which today is, tomorrow is stone in the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore, don't worry, saying, what am I going to eat? What am I going to drink? What am I going to wear after all these things the Gentiles seek? Now, the word Gentile in the Bible is the Greek word gohim. It means without God. At, at the time Jesus said this, everybody not Jewish was, was a Gentile. So it's still sort of that way today. We, they call us Gentiles, but in all reality, you're not. The word gohim means without God. So we're not gohims in the strictest sense. For these things the Gentiles seek are, the, are, the, are what we call sinners seek. For your heavenly Father knows you need those things. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all things will be added to you. Therefore, don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow, worry about the things of itself sufficient today is its trouble. Let's go back up to that. And then I want to talk about seeking first things first. We've never really taught this generation to seek God. They, we, they come to church, they sing, they hear sermons, and they just go home. And, and we've actually taught them wrong. Now, let me, I'm going to say some things, and I, and I want y'all just to not, not get too mad at me. You get a little bad at me, I don't mind, just a little, but not too mad. Everything is handed to people so that, you know, kids are, our kids don't even pray about who to marry, where to go to school, 
what job to take. They, they don't, I mean, it's to them, church is Sunday, and Monday is, is another, it's just another day of the week, and Monday through Saturday, we live like a sinner. Do, I mean, the, the, the world has crammed the church to conform us into its image. All right, let me ask you a question. Are you supposed to go to college? You may be, yeah, maybe no. I mean, uh, anything you're going to get into in life, you need to have heard from God. Now, I'm going to say that. I'm going to say that strong tonight. It is not enough to just go through life and hope God blesses your decisions. That's not, that doesn't work, folks. That does not work. And we've had kids leave this church, and, and they went off to college, and one off went to college, and, and they took a major, and, and you know, and a few months into it, realized that wasn't it, and they changed their major, and then they changed it again, and then they changed their schools. Well, they went to school because mom and dad told them they had to. Why, why not look at your kids and go, why don't you pray and seek God and find out what he wants you to do? And I'm not, I'm not anti-school. I, I mean, I know people think I am, and I'm not. But to go to school, to go to school, to go to school is stupid. But yet the world gets some paycheck out of it. And so they, you hear it from the time you're in junior high. And by the time you get in high school, you're convinced if you don't go to college, you ain't squat. That's a lie. Everybody Jesus used in the Bible was ignorant, and unlearned, and uneducated. And I'm not saying you have to be ignorant and uneducated. I'm just telling you, don't place all of your emphasis on something the world told you you needed to do. Now, when I got born again and, uh, and I met Jesus, I, I, I mean, I knew that I knew that I knew right after I got saved, I'm called of God. I got a call of God on my life, and the Lord showed me that. I mean, I wasn't around anybody, but just walking with God, I would have visions of myself standing on platforms and preaching to thousands of people. I just saw it. That is God talking to my heart. All right, now let me tell you why. Now listen to me very, very carefully. Because life is hard. No, it's hard. You better know. When you pack up and move to Tulsa, you better know God told you to go. You don't want to go because your mama told you to go. Lisa's mother one time told me, she says, you have a call to pastor a church. And I started a church before this one called the Jubilee Center. Lisa and Martha started it, and I pastored it. And I quit it. I, after about six months, I quit it. And I looked at my mother-in-law and I said, Martha, shut up. If I'm called to pastor, I don't need to hear it from you. I got to hear it from God. And I went off alone. And I, and I wasn't trying to be rude, but it was just like, you know, you get so noisy, you can't hear nothing. And I went off, and I just spent some time with God, and I, and I started flying with Air Mobile Ministries, thoroughly convinced I was an evangelist. And while I was in Haiti, and Melanie Hayward was there on the island of Laganov, the Lord said, when you get home, they're going to ask you to pastor. You're the next pastor. And I needed to know that. Now, I'm going to tell you why I needed to know that. Because doing this job has been very, very hard on my flesh and my family. You know why I'm still here? Because I heard God. Buddy, if I hadn't, I wouldn't have stayed a week. I'd have backed my U-Haul up to the front and driven away. I wouldn't have told them where I went. I mean, the first week they decided they were going to kill me. Now, I'm going to tell you something. It, 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 everything God calls you to do, I mean, you ever wonder how God ever, I mean, was Paul in the will of God? Because every, well, was he? Was Paul, was Paul ever in the will of God? Was it tough? Come on, y'all. Shipwreck? Snake bit? You talk about quit. He heard from God, didn't he? 
And he says, I have not been disobedient to the heavenly vision. Listen, you need to know what God is saying to you. You need to know what he's saying. You say, well, I hadn't heard from God. Well, find out why you hadn't heard from God. I'll say it one more time. Then stay there until you find out. I've got to tell you, this is so funny. Lisa and I, we just got back from Tulsa. And she said, one day we, we went to Gilcrease Museum. That's this place. It's a cowboy museum with all the Remingtons and all the Russells and all the paintings and the cowboy stuff and all that stuff and Indian stuff. So we went up to Gilcrease and went through it. And she, I said, what do you want to do now? Because we got a few hours. We, let's get something to eat. And, let, and she says, I want to see the apartment you lived in and I want to see where you worked. I want to see where you, all the stories you tell. <laughs> and, and, you know, I, I just never gave it thought. So I took her by one, and then I took her by Raven's Roost, and then I took her to the place that I was when I told you I used to go pray every day. There's a picture of it, and if I thought about it, I'd pop it on the screen. And Lisa was very disappointed because the apartment, is, it is run down. I mean, the parking lot is, is potholed. It is, it is, a, it is really a, an ugly place. And uh, I was shocked. And I said, it's 40 years ago, baby. She said, I had a Venn mental image. It was nice. I said, it was. But I took a picture, you know, because there was an apartment that after I graduated in Raymond, I didn't know what to do. I didn't know what to do. So I started going off every day and praying, every day at lunch. Now, do you understand that that, my time seeking God, is what developed me? You're not going to develop if everything's handed to you, if everything's easy. People come to me all the time, what should I do? I don't know. I don't have any idea what you should do. Go find out. I mean, everybody wants something handed to your lap. It's not going to be. So when I was, in, when I was there, I, I knew I was supposed to go. And then the Lord said to me, you know, Tom Copeland wrote me a letter and said, come and I prayed over it, and I had a real peace about it, and I moved here. But I knew that 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 I knew. Do you understand? And so I came here and became a youth pastor. Now, is there a lot of money in that? No. No money in it at all. But what am I relying on? My God meets all of my needs. How can I stand on that scripture? Well, because I believe with all of my heart, not my head, not my head, that I'm in the will of God, that I heard from God. See, faith is of the heart. It's not of I think. If the word is not in your heart, the word has to, you're going to use the stand on the word. It's got to come out of your heart. If it's in your head, it, it doesn't work in your head. It doesn't work by I think so. It's, it works because I know so. So I got here. I'm working with Tom. And, of course, you know, there was a time that I went through a divorce. Everybody knows that. And I went and got me a job. I wish I had this written down in my Bible here. Lord, I think I do. I think I do. I think I do. If I do, it would be awesome. If not, eh, let's see. We'll get it for next week. Right, right after I got born again, I had a vision. I told you I went to heaven, but I never told you the rest of the story. So I'm going to tell you tonight. Right after I came back from heaven, God took me to the woods behind the house that I got, that I lived at when I got saved. Now, it was a little concrete block house with no heat, no air conditioning, no carpet, nothing. I mean, just a little poor, poverty, little do-nothing house. Anyway. And, I, and there was a creek behind the house right up where we used to keep the pig and the, and the cow. I mean, we had all that stuff, you know. You think that's romantic, you're crazy. It's a lot of work. Anyway, yeah, you don't want to do that. You do not want to do that. Chopping wood so you can have cooked food. That's crazy every day of your life. All right. So I'm behind this house in a vision. And in a vision, I'm sitting there at the creek, and a bird comes down and lands in a tree. The brown bird, and you start singing. Just singing away, singing away, singing away. All of a sudden, the bird dies. And it falls off the tree onto the ground. And I'm standing there looking at it. Boom. And all of a sudden, I'm in my bed. And you know, I never, that made no sense to my head. None. Right after I went through my divorce, you know, people told me, well, you know, 
You're, you're washed up. You're divorced. God will never use you. And, you know, you, 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 know, you start hearing that trash. You got to get it. You got to hear from God. You got, you got to know God. You got to know God. I, don't, I, don't, I didn't say you need to know you. See, Bible school gives you information. It's, pastors give you transformation. You, you got to hear from God. So, 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 so I'm laying in the bed one day, and I'm married to Lisa, and I'm working construction, but I'm, I'm miserable. I got a call of God in my life, and I'm laying block. I, all, all of my dreams are gone. They're shattered. I have no hope deferred makes the heart sick. Lisa walks in the room and looks at me, and I thought that she was sick because she went, mm. and she ran out of the room, and I thought, well, I hope she'd be all right. The Holy Ghost had hit her. She ran in the other room, and I hope I don't start crying. She gave me a prophecy. Old little brown bird high up in a tree, singing so sweetly, happy as can be. Then foreboding darkness came in the sky, and then on the forest floor you died. Then a great and loving hand came and lifted you up. And I don't remember the rest of the, 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 the prophecy. But, it's, but, but I'll read it next Wednesday night anyway. But, but, but in the vision, a hand picked the bird up and set it back in the tree. And I never understood that that was me. I never knew I was going to go through a time in my life when all hell would break loose and I would lose all hope. And God was giving me a vision that there's a day coming when it's going to be very dark and they're going to tell you you're done. And I'm going to lift you up. And for her to say that to me, she had no idea. And, she, and anyway, I wrote it down, and I've remembered half of it, and I hadn't quoted it in so long. But folks, when I heard that, she gave me that prophecy, my depression left because I heard from God. And I jumped up, and I started dreaming again. I started getting happy again, and I started thinking again because God is not done with me. He's about to lift me up, and he's about to do something with me. Are you all Okay. See, when I said seek first the kingdom of God, sometimes we need to go back to the simple stuff in the Bible. Seek God. Seek God. You've got to hear God. You've got to know what he's saying to you. Is this too deep? No, I didn't think so. Look at Proverbs 4.20. Pop it up on the screen. Says, my son, give attention to my words, incline your ear to my saying. Don't let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart, for they are life to those that find them and health to all that keep your heart with all diligence. Out of it are the issues of life. And now don't get mad at me. There is nothing that says college is the issue of your life. I'm not against college, I'm not against jobs, I'm not against any of that stuff. The younger generation and you, we have to live. But there's nothing in your Bible that says education is the issue of your life. If, you're, if these teenagers don't know God, I don't give a rip of you what kind of education they get. They're going to get married one day. And they're going to get married to a wonderful Christian raised by lukewarm, half-baked parents. And they're going to have to work through it. And they're going to have to know how to get their prayers answered. And they're going to have to know how to hear from God. And they better know that's the one God said marry. I already made up my mind a week after I married Lisa. I miss God. (laughs) Except that he spoke to me and said, this is your next wife. There's 11 years of difference between me and Lisa. And I've walked with God. I lived in the world, and then I've walked with God. She's just raised in church. All this stuff on the authority of the believer. When I got married to her, she didn't know any of this. It is hard to walk with someone when they are on a different page with you, and you're talking about praying in the Holy Ghost, and they're over there going, what? You know, I mean, I mean, she was a good girl, but I call her a good AG girl, good assembly of God girl. And she's, even though you're a good girl, it doesn't mean that you know everything you need to know. I had to go in there and spend day and hour praying over her. Everybody looks and says, well, you know what? How did you put up with him? Might have been the other way around. No, she's a good girl, and I, she probably did have to put up with me. 
But, 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 but at the same time, you, you know, Betty, and they'll tell you, when she first started leading worship, I mean, you know, she, she came to this church, she didn't even talk to anybody. She told me one time, she says, well, if you don't talk to anybody, you'll say nothing stupid. I said, well, they think you're stuck up. You have to talk to people. You're the pastor's wife. Talk to people. <laughs> and she started, and she's come so far. She, I'm just proud of her as all get out right now. But I'm telling you, you have to, you have to hear from God. Boy, thank you all for y'all's enthusiasm. Amen. And, you, and it has to be something in your heart. Look at Proverbs 3, 5. Are y'all okay with this? Am I getting too strong for y'all? Trust in the Lord with all your what? Don't lean to your dumb head. Good God Almighty. You don't have enough information in your head to make a decision. No, you don't. You don't know your future. You don't know what's around the corner. You don't know any of that stuff. Not in your head, you don't. Quit making decisions on it feels like and, and my aunt told me. Your aunt told you what you're going to do for a living? Are you serious? <laughs> I'm not even going to tell you who I'm talking about. It's not good. I can't divulge all this. In all your ways, acknowledge him. He'll direct your paths. If there's one thing, if there's one thing this generation that's coming up must have is a relationship with God. A working, working relationship with Almighty God. Sometimes when they don't know something, just tell them, go in your bedroom and pray. Go pray. You go, you get a, pray with them and for them. I don't get all their answers for them. Let them, let them hear from God. And if they, if they get in the middle of something, say, well, did you hear from God? Well, then pray about it. Why don't you pray about it? Let them, let them learn. Let them learn to hear the voice of God in their heart. You can't do everything for them. This whole generation right now, and I'm going to say this, and again, I don't want to make you mad. Every time we have a problem, we look to money to fix it. This generation is eat up with a dollar bill. And I'm going to tell you, you go to the hospital down there. You head right down to the hospital and ask them how that's working for them. It's not. When I went in the hospital, my appendix ruptured. It, I didn't have, first, I didn't have any insurance. Thank you, Jesus, for all. I don't even want to get into that. That's not good. That's past stuff. Somewhere along the line of this church, we went so broke financially that we lost everything except our cell phones, insurance and everything. We just, we didn't have enough money in the checkbook to pay for anything. And so when you lose your insurance, they ain't giving it back to you at the rate you had it, baby. It costs you more for insurance than the doctor bill. So anyway, I didn't have any insurance. So, you know, you're laying in the hospital and they, and, and they tell you that you're dead. What do you do now? Call mama? Rely on your money or your job? What, what, in the wor what are you trusting right now? You better be trusting God. And this is not when you need to start learning how to pray. You better start learning how to pray when you're about six years old sitting by the bed and you start praying and pray over your dinner and start walking with God when you're a kid. Don't tell me you can't. Samuel did it. David did it. There's kids all over the Bible that did it. You can walk with God and be a kid. I don't want to hear all this. They're a teenager. That's bunk. Samuel heard from God. David heard from God. These kids can hear from God. Soak in the church. All right. Never mind. I'm, I'm, trying, to, I'm trying to be. Well, you said I was being mild. I thought I was being. Go to Romans 12. <laughs> Go to Romans 12 too. I am being mild, but do not be forced, pressed into the world. Don't, listen, stop letting the world system tell you what you need. Stop it. You know whether, you know where you need to be in the middle of the will of God, and I don't care. I, listen, Paul prayed a prayer. We're going to get into this in a minute. Lord, what do you 
want me to do. That's all that matters to you. Do you understand me? I don't care what everybody tells you. You need to hear from God. What did God tell you to do and where? Because, buddy, when, it, when the rubber meets the road, you better have heard from God. Now, there's nothing wrong for a while if you hadn't heard from God doing, you know, you, you don't know whether to work at Walmart or Kmart. Just get a job. And just then, then just get a job because you got a scripture that says a man doesn't work, don't eat. You can go get a job. Now, now that you've got a job, start praying. See, I never told you this other story. Another story I never told you. Right after I got born again, I went and worked at a junkyard. I hated that job. I hated that job. God didn't tell me to get that job. I just got a job. And the, the owner was mean, and I was still shy, and he wanted me to talk to people and ask them what they wanted. Do you know I didn't talk to people? I know y'all think I'm lying through my teeth. I didn't talk to people. And, and so I had to take a Jeep and go out there and pull parts off of cars and all kind of stuff. And I hated that job. And I started praying, where you want? Is this what you want? I mean, I wanted to hear from God. And all of a sudden... So, um, somebody said something about certainty and I applied and, and a peace came over me and I knew that 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 I knew this is it. And I left that job and went and got this other job and that got promotions and God blessed me and, and, and that helped me to get out of there and, and get to Raymond. Now, now let me ask you a question. Let me, let me throw this at you. What would you do if you finally got a job, now I'm not telling you all to do this. Don't do something because someone else did it. There's no faith in that. Don't you ever do something I did because I did it and hope it works. If I gave a car away, don't give yours away. So I'm working a job. A house is $30,000. A Camaro is $3,000. I'm, I'm being groomed for management. That sounds like God, right? But it wasn't. God used that job to get me out of debt only so I could leave. That's, now, I'm, I'm on the phone talking to Judy Lewis, Judy Brown later and became Judy Lewis. Lisa, drop that AC for a little tiny bit. So I'm on the phone, and, and she's praying the prayers of Ephesians over me. So I'll have the wisdom of God. And I said to her on the phone, she says, I think you're supposed to go to Bible school. And I said, no, I'm not going to Bible school. I don't, the whole world's going to hell. I'm going to go preach. I don't have time to go to Bible school. Oh, I, what, what's, what am I doing? What am I doing? Don't lean to your what? Whole world's going to hell. I got a job. I'm making good money. I ain't, going, I ain't, I ain't got time for no, no Bible school. This is me. I'm talking. She said, well, I'm going to pray about it because I think you're supposed to go. And on the phone, I said, she said, well, you just pray with me. I said, Heavenly Father, am I supposed to go to Ramah or am I supposed to do? And all of a sudden, <laughs> and I got drunk in the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost hit me and I'm going, I'm going to Ramah, I'm going to Ramah, I'm going to Ramah. Now, now listen, listen, it, I, I had to believe I, I, had, I, had, I had a piece of property I had to sell. I didn't have any money. I had no money. How am I, gonna, I, can't even, I can't even buy a Whopper, much less go to Ramah. You better know, you better know that you know that you know that you know God told you to go. Amen. And so when I did, I just said, Heavenly Father, I'm going to Ramah in Jesus' name. Where, you know, see, a lot of times we, we, we tell people, well, you know, you just need to say it. You need to say it. Yeah, like uh, Art and Crystal gave me a, a CD today or DVD of Dwayne, and he made a statement there. The reason you're not saying it, you don't see it. You, I, I saw it. I saw it. I saw myself in a desk. I saw myself in school. I saw myself doing it. It was, and I wasn't a vision. I saw it inside of me. I knew that I knew that I knew that I knew. Amen. So I started saying, I'm going to Ramah. I went and told Mike, I'm going to Ramah. I ain't got any money. And I'm telling people I'm going to school. Is that faith? Yes, yeah, faith. But I, but I heard him. See, y'all, y'all getting this? Are you getting this? I heard him. I knew that I knew that I knew. Was it stupid? In the natural? Crazy. And my family said, 
You'll starve to death. I said, I was starving here. You never brought me food. So I, the land sold supernaturally. Um, I painted the apartment complex, which was brick. But it has black shutters and black doors and black, and I painted it. And they gave me $1,500 to paint that and $1,500 and I sold my land. And I, and I had $3,000 and I rented a, a U-Haul truck and hooked my car to it and drove away. And, and my first year of Raymond was 900 and no, yeah, $972. And I paid the bill and I got an apartment and I have no money. You better hear from God. You better know I heard from God. Well, it was the greatest two and a half years of my life. But I was in the will of God. And I only made $20 a day, but I really didn't give a royal flying rip because I'm in the will of God. Now, now, now are y'all getting this? And I, I'm, not telling y'all, I'm not telling y'all to do that. But see, we, we've been preached a gospel of ambition, success, college, and money. We have crammed it down kids' throats. It's a lie. Most of them will never step into the will of God. Most of the kids will never walk in the destiny God put on their life. Because the church has screwed them up. And the church never told them, learn to seek God. And I'm not saying that, listen, there has to be more businessmen than there are preachers because we need your money. If you're in business, be a good businessman. But are you willing to change if he says change? Are you willing to trust him? Do you know him? listen, Listen, do you know him enough to trust him? Or are you, are you seeking the dollar? Because everybody and their dog is talking about the dollar. That's American. That is our idolatry. It's our, it's, it's what we worship in America, the dollar bill. I mean, people, they, they don't come to church and they're late for church, but by God, they are never late for work. And they want to know why their life's screwed up. Woo! I'm getting worse, aren't I? Not really. I haven't got bad yet. Okay. Are y'all, are y'all okay? Breathe. Okay. Acts 9, 1. And I'm not, I'm not saying that you shouldn't do all those things. Do them to the best of your ability, but at the same time, don't ever stop seeking God. Don't ever stop I'm going to read this to you because this is something that, that I read years ago and it had such an impact on my soul because that scripture that says you've left your first love, that always bothered me. How does a person lose their first love? Do you have to keep going to conferences all the time like I did when I first got saved? So I really, I really struggled with this first love thing. So what is first love? What did Paul pray when he first met Jesus, what did he say to him? And Paul, let me read this out of my Bible. I can't, I can't read it off the screen. Saul was breathing threats and murders against the disciples of the Lord. He went to the high priest and asked letters from them to the synagogues of Damascus. So if he found any who are the way, the church was called the way. There's a cult now called the way, so don't call the church the way now. Who's called the way, whether men and women, that he might bring them to prison. He journeyed, came near Damascus, and suddenly a light shone. Damascus is in Syria, in case you didn't know that. Shone around him from heaven, and he fell to the ground, and he heard a voice say, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And he said, Lord, who are you? He said, I'm Jesus, whom you're persecuting. It's hard for you to kick against goads. And he trembling said, Lord, 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 what do you want me to do? That's good prayer. Now, he was a Pharisee of Pharisees. He could have have stayed in Jerusalem and worked with Peter. Come on, y'all, don't shout me down. When the Lord told me to take this church, I'm so glad he told me to do that, and I'm so glad I heard his voice. I am so glad I heard his voice. Here's why. Things are going to get tough. And here's another subject we're going to get on in a minute. Do you understand that if you're going to be in the will of God, it is going to get tough? Do you understand that? 
Don't you come back to me and start whining. Ah, it was hard. Tell it to Paul. You ask Lisa, this has been difficult. What's kept us? Rhema. God said. God said. God said. And I'm going to tell you something. Boy, that'll, that'll anchor you. So I'm going to ask you all, what's an anchor? An anchor is an old, rusty preacher. <laughs> that doesn't wear pistol leg pants. You need old, rusty preachers in your life because the word they give you will anchor your soul. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. These young whippersnappers, they don't know squat. They're all shiny. I made that up. <laughs> Lord, what do you want me to do? Now, 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 now this, this is awesome. Arise and go to the city and you'll be told what you must do. All right, there's a disciple of the Lord and he says, I want you to go minister to. He says, I ain't going to talk to that guy. He's been killing people. All right, verse 15. And the Lord said, you go. He's a chosen vessel of mine to bear my name where? The Gentiles. And the kings and the children of Israel. And I'm going to show him what many things he's going to suffer for my namesake. Now, let me tell you why that's important. Now, listen to me because I'm, what I'm going to say is real, real strong. American Christians avoid any and all difficulties. If something doesn't look right, well, they just quit. Oh, that wasn't the Lord. I'm just going to quit. And I'm going to tell you all something. When you watch them quit in this church, it isn't God. It's their dumb carnality. They've never been, they've never been taught to hear from God. And then you walk out and ask the question, what's, what's wrong with this church? Well, it's just full of ignorant Christians who never are led by God. They're led by circumstances. And every time something gets left out, yeah, they just quit. They said something to me. I quit. And I'm going to make another statement to you. Every lesson Jesus taught his disciples, every one of them was correcting them. You will not make it in life without correction. And you know what you do? You know what happens? You correct a Christian today, they change churches. Well, you're thinking, who do you think you are? I'm telling me what to do. That's why you never grew up, you ignorant little thing. <laughs> Take that off the tape. You sweetheart, darling, little Christian, you. <laughs> because you've never stayed in anything long enough to grow up. When your kids start a project, make them finish it. You want me to say it one more time? Don't let them get halfway through the tree house and leave all the lumber in the yard. Tell them to get up there and finish. You started it, finish the job. Best thing in the world you ever do for your kids. Teach them what they start. And if you don't, listen, if, if they would learn that, they, they'd quit starting stuff. They had no intention of finishing. Because you're going to, they need to know that before they get married. And they need to know that before they get a job at Chick-fil-A. And next week they're at Walmart. And the next week after that they're at Kmart. And the next week after that they don't know what they're supposed to do. They, maybe, it's, maybe it's supposed to be the, uh, uh, the coffee shop. And then after that, I, I, you know, I just didn't like my goodbye. He, he said something I didn't like. Well, I'm preaching better than you, amen. And, and our, our society, that, and, and all of you people that are at least 50 and older, that was not the way we were raised. You got a job and you kept your job and you gave your word and you kept your word. And if you borrowed money, you paid it back. And if you broke it, you fixed it. If you ran over the next door neighbor's rose bushes, you pulled them up, you went and bought some, and you replanted them, and you collected Coke bottles, and you bought it. Mama didn't give you no money. Well, I don't know. This is just, I, I, thank y'all for y'all's enthusiasm. 
We've done kids, we've done people a massive disservice in this country. And then they come in churches. Folks, the reason for church is so you can mature. If you're going to mature, there's going to be corrective. Not always from the pulpit. It must might be the person you're sitting next to said something to you. If you have an attitude, we will bring it out. And if we don't, the church you, you go to next will. Somebody's going to get your attitude and, and they're, they're going to raise it up. It's coming out. All of that junk in you, it's coming out. And we're going to get to see all of it. And we're going to love you through it too. Hallelujah. Amen. Are y'all getting this? That, that, that's why God puts you in a church. Well, you don't grow up if you don't go. Well, I'm just the Lord. I love the Lord. And I'm just going to watch TV. No, you're not. That's not what he told you to do. He's not Lord. You're not seeking the kingdom first. You're seeking you. You're seeking your will and trying to ask God to bless it. Now, I know that makes people mad, but I'm going to tell you right now, you, you need to listen. I was talking to Dwayne Sheriff the other day. He said, what's, I said, what's the number one issue with CARE students? He said, they, don't, they no longer believe in church. And I'm talking about the ones that are in Colorado. I don't know about the. He said, I have the hardest time with them because they don't go to church. Now, Dwayne would say that because he's a pastor. Now, I was talking to him down in Naples. He said, he said the hardest thing in the world, that this new culture going to, going to Bible school, and they don't, they don't attend church. They don't need it. I got Bible school. Well, that's information, not transformation. You're going to have to hang around people. There's somebody who's going to have to get, knock, knock, some, knock some stuff off of you. <laughs> I had a man came to me one time and he said, I have a call of God on my life. I said, well, then get up in the sound booth. He said, I said I had a call of God on my life. I said, it doesn't matter whether you do or not. Are y'all out there or did you go home? You, you can't even come to church and, and, and help another church and you, you have a call of God. That whoopie doopie do. Okay, never mind. I, I'm, I'm, I'm meddled so much now. Now listen, go. He's a chosen vessel. And I'm going to show him how many things he's going to suffer for my namesake. Well, I take authority over that in the name of Jesus. Well, it doesn't matter whether you do or not. You're going to have trouble. In the world, you shall have what? Honey, shall. You're going to have it. And it's not a sign you missed God. Boy, how many people need to hear that. Oh, I must have missed God. This is tough. I was talking to Alicia the other day, and there's a scripture, um, 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 ah, 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 Matthew eleven twenty eight. Look, go over there. I'll show you this. And Lisa looked at me. She says, "I'm not sure. I agree with you. That's all right. She's wrong." <laughs> this scripture messed with me for years because I really, I really didn't know what it meant totally. He says in twenty eight, "Come unto me, all you labor and heavy laden. I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. I'm gentle and lowly in heart, and you'll find rest for your souls. My yoke's easy and my burden light." He didn't say your life. He's talking about your salvation. He's talking about, I'm going to, your salvation will not be works like the Jews. I'm going to make it easy and light. You're going to get saved by grace through faith. I'm going to give that to you. And your salvation is not going to be works. It's going to be grace, and I'm going to do it for you. That's what he's talking about. But he didn't tell you your life would be easy. Oh, I thought everything was, well, no. As a matter of fact, this is, you know, the reason people don't want to consecrate to God is they're afraid of what he's going to ask them to do. So I want to say something. Just listen to me. So you're living your life in fear? Not obeying God, you're living your life in fear. Not walking with God is to live your life in fear. 
I'm afraid of what he might do. That's fear. I'm afraid he lied. I'm afraid it wouldn't be a good life. I'm afraid of what he might say. Why? You don't mind what the devil said. You're going to follow him. Or is it your flesh you're following? You're smart. Why, why do people just, just, I just want to get saved and I don't want him to be Lord? Because you're afraid. What does fear produce? Torment. You're living in fear. That is good. That's why people are not seeking first the kingdom of God. It's fear-based. And you preach on consecration on Sunday morning, it just gets quiet. I don't want to go to India. <laughs> be the best thing that ever happened to some of y'all to go to India. How am I doing for time? Oh, I got 10 minutes. Go to Colossians 1. Mike, am I doing too strong? Am I getting too strong? Now, don't lie. I ain't hitting you. I'm, I'm le- I've left Mike alone tonight. Most of the time I'm on Mike, but tonight he's giving him a break. Folks, we've got to start teaching this generation to walk with God. When are you going to learn? When you die? Well, I have to then. No, you have to now. If you want a good life. Now, let's get back to my story. I'll tell you the day the, day the Lord spoke to me and he said, you know, my, my wife had laid divorce papers on the counter. They'd been there for a month. And he told me, he says, sign the papers and get on with your life. I need you. Now, you know what? That wasn't popular. There's one sin you don't commit in church, divorce. Especially if you have ambitions to pastor or be in ministry. Not, not among Christians. You could kill somebody, they put you on the 700 Club. You divorce somebody, you're done. You're done. It's the unpardonable sin. I mean, Christians, and, and it's, changed, it's changed now, but back, back, in, back when, I, when, when I went through a divorce, you, you, didn't, you just didn't do that. And, and it wasn't love. You, you're going to walk in love. You're going to walk in love. You're going to walk in love. And there's preachers out preaching that if you got a divorce, you're in sin. And, of course, they've never been married or had kids, and they're, they're just numb nuts, and they don't have any sense. But for the Lord to say to me, sign the papers, are you all listening to me? That was, that was wild. I signed them. Now, I'm going to tell you the rest of the story. Tom Copeland. You know, they, they dismissed me, and I, and I agree with him. It probably wasn't good for a single man, and, I, and I'm good with all that. But he later came back and says, we need to apologize, and he, and he did. He didn't do anything bad, but, but he came back and says, you know what, we didn't, we didn't really. Uh, I didn't tell anybody what was going on one way or the other. It's just all of a sudden one day she's gone, and it kind of rocked the church because most of the time nobody in the church knows what's going on. And when you're in a ministry position and your wife leaves, that's like, I mean, the, the people leave a church because the youth pastor's wife left. What? It's you know, goofy thing. So what they did, they probably had to. But they made, it, they made it look like that I did something wrong. I didn't do anything wrong. I did everything for five years trying to keep it together. So for me to obey God, and then he speaks to me and says, to Lisa, this is your next wife. I went, how's that going to fly? That <laughs> don't look too good. I mean, in the natural, it, it does not look good. And, and Lisa and I talked about it. She says, I didn't cause this. I don't want people to think I caught. I said, no, not he'll ever think. So that's the reason I tease her to this day. It took her a year and a half for us to get married so that nobody would think she caused I wanted to get married the next day. <laughs> God said, get on with your life. Let's just say I do and go, you know. Anyway, she wouldn't have it. And I teased her to this day. I said, you just wanted towels. 
I'm going to bought you all the towels you want. That's, that's just personal stuff, and I'm probably going to catch it when I get home. But, <laughs> but do you understand? I needed to hear from God. I needed to hear from God. Come on, y'all. I'm, 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 I want y'all to get this. This is not a little thing. And it's not just because I'm a pastor. I mean, I, I, I can go down the list of, of hundreds of people who the Lord showed them to make adjustments in this area. Uh, it was Dwayne Sheriff said he heard from God that his son was bleeding. You, you've got to know his voice. You've got to seek God every day of your life. It's not enough. It's not enough to go to church and sit and say, amen, hallelujah, praise the Lord, jump and shout. And, and listen, if, if something gets tough, before you quit, hear God. Can I say that again? There are times you need to stop doing some things. There are. I didn't continue to do Air Mobile Ministries. The Lord dealt with me, stop that and start pastoring. But I heard from God. There was a time to move from Tulsa to here. Now, I want to tell you another time. Now, I'm just, just ranting and raving now. I'm just going crazy. But when Lisa and I went to Alaska, I thought, this place needs church. So while I was there, I got, there was a man selling um, a boat, a fishing boat. And I told Lisa, I says, the boys can run this charter. And there's some good money in, in fishing for halibut and king salmon off of the shore there. And he's a Christian man. And I got to thinking about we can buy that. And there's, you know, I can get an airplane because there's places everywhere that doesn't have the gospel and and uh, Lisa looked at me, she says, well, what about, I got to have some place to swim. I said, well, we, well let's start an, an, an indoor swimming pool. I think everybody in Alaska would love to swim in the wintertime. What do you think? And we're, and we're really talking. I don't want to tell you everything we're talking about, but we got in detail on this, on this ministry we're going to start. Because I'm coming home and telling you all. So we're sitting at the table one morning and I walked in and sat down and Lisa looked at me she said what'd the Lord say and I said why do you think he said something she says I can tell by the look on your face <laughs> I said he when I woke up this morning he said I don't ever want to hear Alaska out of your mouth I said yes sir I said, what did he say to you? And Lisa said, well, he said the same to me. I said, well, then let's just go on vacation and shut up and go back to Word of Life. <laughs> hey, 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 it's a, listen, it's a good idea. It just wasn't a God idea, but it was a good idea. Now, it, what's sad is how many people do that type of thing. And it doesn't work. I'm watching young people right now. They're doing all kind of stuff, and I'm going, you even praying about this? Have you even prayed about this? Because things are getting tough. They don't know. They don't know. That, that's God or not. And, and, and sometimes you can't say anything. You, when I was a kid, I didn't really think my grandfather had any sense. And I know kids think we don't. Oh, y'all. And sometimes you just got to go, I'm fixing to start praying for you, Bubba. Because you're not going to do that. Are y'all out there? Did you go home? And yet, I, I, told, I told one of our grandkids, I said, you don't know what you don't know. You might. I said, if I was you, I would ask me. That didn't go over very well. They didn't. And later I went, I told you. <laughs> Never mind. I'm getting too close. Colossians 1.9. Are y'all okay? Yeah. All right. My sermon's called First Things First. Folks, if there ever was anything we need to do, just go back to the basics. Uh, seeking first the kingdom of God and all things, all things, 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 things. He doesn't mind you having things will be added to you. Quit seeking things. Quit chasing things. Careers and things and girls and money and 
and and and etc. 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 One nine Colossians one nine. Listen to this. For this reason, we since the day we heard it, don't cease to pray and ask that you be filled with the knowledge of His will, and all wisdom, spiritual understanding, that you would walk worthy of the Lord, fully what, pleasing God. Un- until you've decided. You're going to please God. You will please people. You will do it. You will not. You will not. Now, I'm not going to mention a name here because that's not right. But when I got born again, I knew a young lady who got saved around the same time. And she started seeking career and backslid and fell away from God. Now, no, God never told you that it was wrong to have money. But a career is not supposed to be number one. Are y'all out there? You going? It's not supposed to be. Norval Hayes, who's had seven businesses and um, was an absolute multimillionaire. So we know it's okay to be a businessman. But one day, the Lord speaks to him and said, Norval, get in your car and drive to Florida. Norval got in his car and drove down to Florida. He had a business here, Orange Groves, and a hotel over on um, West Coast someplace. Lisa probably knows where it was. He stopped at a, I think it was a Burger King. There was a hippie there. And he ministered to him and got him born again. And the Lord said, that's all I wanted you to do. You can go home now. (laughs) All right, now listen. It wasn't long after that, a hard freeze hit Florida. Hard freeze hit Florida. All the orange trees died. I mean, every one of them, but his. And he walked up to his orange grove and said, I command you in Jesus' name to live and not die. My oranges will not free. He didn't have, he didn't have the equipment. He had, he had hundreds and hundreds of acres of oranges. Now, see, people say, I, w- I wish that would happen to me. Well, l- listen, there's a connection between obeying him to go witness to somebody and him saving you a million bucks. You say, well, I can't do that. I would lose money. Listen, stupid. He said he'd meet, he, he would meet all of your needs. If he, he has enough intelligence to know you are a businessman, and if he tells you to stop what you're doing and go minister to somebody, stop what you're doing and go minister. He's not stupid. Amen. Are y'all out there? You don't have to put him on hold until you have nothing else to do and then obey him. Amen. Boy, I'm preaching real good. I'm trying my best. So did, did it work for him? Yeah, it worked for him. It always has, always will. If you're going to start a business here from God, if you're going to witness it here from God, you, we just need to learn to hear from God. Amen. We got people here, you can't even, I mean, I can't even get you to obey what's written in the Bible. Because it's inconveniencing your life. And you want miracles. They ain't happening. The fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. If there's no reverence for God, you don't have any wisdom. Well, that's heavy, isn't it? That's heavy thought. I thought God is life. I thought he's light. I thought he is wisdom. I thought he's bread. Well, then if you have God, what else do you need? But if you don't have him, what do you have? You ain't got anything. Do you understand that? Do you, we're, not, we're not trying to, you can't, you don't, don't compartmental God on a Sunday. Oh, I did my duty and went to church. Not a duty. This nation is in a mess. And that's why, what I'm preaching tonight's why. We've never taught this younger generation. And, and I'm going to tell you, I, I, feel for, I feel for kids who had it easy. I, I feel for you guys. I'm glad I didn't. I am so glad I've been hungry. I know that sounds like lack of faith. I, I know that. 
I'm glad I had to seek God. I'm glad I had to pray to make it. I'm so glad. I didn't learn to pray at Ramah. I learned to pray because of all the trouble I've been in. Are y'all out there? And I'm going to say this. I'm trying to close. Trouble's coming. You just walk with God. Don't cry about it. Just, just don't, don't sit back. Oh, I don't want no trouble. Well, it's coming. You're either headed toward it, coming out of it, or you're in the middle of it. I don't know where you are right now, but it's one of those three areas. And when it comes, what are you going to do? I, I, I'm going to steal this phrase from Andrew Walmart. Are you going to fall apart like a $2 suitcase? Is everything you're doing in your life based on how you feel? I just felt like I felt. Well, I felt. Well, I'll tell you how I feel about it. How do you feel about it? Well, I just felt. (laughs) If I went by the way I felt, I wouldn't even be here right now. I'd have stayed home today and said, I think I'm just going to stay home. Do y'all guys think that we just go through life and because we walk with God, we never have any trouble? I'm going to tell y'all a secret. It's the opposite. I was, you know, let's go back to Dwayne Sheriff. I think the reason that the devil attacked his son was because of the call of God on his life. There's people going through hell right now. You know why? They've got a call of God on their life, and Satan's trying to snuff them out. It's not a time for you to start falling apart and crying and whining. You better get down and start doing some real serious praying in the Holy Ghost and taking authority over that trash in Jesus' name. It's not the time to quit. I mean, when things get tough, you just bow up. No, I'm not saying I've never sat in the bed and had a pity party. I've, I've had at least two or three. But this guy inside of me starts going, get out of the bed. And then my wife comes in and goes, if you just did what you preached, you'd be doing good today. I said, well, why don't you hush and go on out of this room? I'm in here sucking my thumb. She goes, well, get up, big boy. You know, She's only had to say that a few times. Are y'all okay? Are y'all ready? Seek first the kingdom of God. Everything will be added to you. Don't don't go by whether things are easy or whether things are hard. From this day forward, I want y'all to do something. You pray. You pray. You seek God. They that are led by the Spirit of God are the sons of God. When something gets tough, you pray. Is this you, God, or is this the devil? You say, I don't know the difference. Well, you might want to learn there's times that things shut down, and I went to God, and he said, it's me. I'm shutting it down. You're, I'm changing. I'm changing. The brook Cherith dried up. God said, go to the Zarephath. He didn't stand there and rebuke the brook. Time to leave the brook. There's a time to leave, but you got, it. you got to know that. Now, let me tell you something else. This may make you mad. You know, Jesus spoke to the storm. You notice Paul didn't? Why not? God never told him to. Well, we could go on like this all night. We got, all, we got a lot of people running around doing something because brother so-and-so did it. So-and-so did it. I'm going to try it. It won't work. If this man benches 300, I'm not going to try it. Because it's going to take about four of y'all to get it off my chest. <laughs> I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do what somebody else does because I'm try it. Well, there was a day, but that ain't today. If I, if I benched, I, I did bench 300 last time I went in. I think I did it in increments of 45 pounds for about an hour. And finally I got up to 300 pounds. <laughs> so how much did you bench today? A thousand pounds, baby. The bar. No, no. Does this help y'all? Because I don't feel like I'm done, but I want to pray. I want y'all to do something. We've got to, this church must start making an adjustment. 
we've got to make some adjustments. And, 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 and the world, we can't follow the world. Now, ask Betty Mae, ask Melanie, ask Sandy. Ask them what it was like in this church 25 years ago. We had miracles every Sunday. There was a time people got born again every Sunday morning. Every Sunday someone got saved, healed, and filled with the Holy Every day. What happened? Selfishness kills the move of God. We're content, just come to church, sit, amen, hallelujah, praise the Lord, and go home. That don't work anymore. I think God's calling us back to a walk with him. Amen? Start praying. Start seeking his face. What do you want me to do today? Over your business. Pray over your business. Pray over your wife. Pray over your family. Don't be afraid of what he says to do. He's probably not going to send you to India. I can tell you that. He did me, but not forever, just for two weeks. Thank you, Jesus, when he said, come home. Amen. Stop being afraid of, of, of what he's going to say. I'm going to tell you something. He has a great plan for every one of us. It is awesome. I know the thoughts I think towards you. Plans to give you a future and a hope. It, his plans for you are incredible. Now, I look back now, and I'm going to tell you something. I thank God when I look at my wife that I heard from God and I obeyed him. Because some other guy would have got my wife, and I'd have been really upset. God said, I had a woman for you, but you missed it. Are y'all out there? It's important to hear from God. It's important to be in the right place. He didn't tell me to go to Athens. He said, Orlando. I, I told him, I said, I don't like those stinky oceans. He said, well, go anyway. And I came and saw Lisa, and I went, yeah, I think I like this place. Do y'all see this? So important. Father God, thank you. Father God, I came here tonight with a mission on my heart, something strong stirring on the inside of me. It's been stirring for days and weeks. That this generation, this church, this nation right now, we've, we've got to start coming back and hearing what you have to say. And we, There's a lot of stuff. There are a lot of voices going on in the earth today. There's a lot of voices in this world. Some of them are, you know, they're not bad. They're not being bad. It doesn't, but it's not necessarily your voice. What are you saying to me? What are you saying to Lisa? What are you saying to Mike? What are you saying to Angela? What are you saying to Bob? What are you saying to us, Father? Probably nothing earth-shaking, but we need to hear your voice. We need to know when you're talking to us. We need to be obedient to that still, small voice so that when the future, when something comes up, we need to make an adjustment. Or if the devil's trying to rob us and trying to get us out of our place, and we'll know better. We'll know that's not God, that's the devil. Father, we need to know these things. Thank you for listening to this powerful message by Pastor Daryl Morgan. We hope it blesses you. If you would like more info on Word of Life, sermons, and free downloads, please go to wordoflifeapopka.com. Thank you and have a blessed day.